0: Well, good morning, everybody. Again, here we find ourselves celebrating Resurrection Sunday. What a joy and what a privilege this is. Truly, this is one of the most important days in the calendar of our year. One of the most significant days that ever happened and occurred in the history of mankind. The topic of my sermon today, we will call He Has Risen. And just before we read to give you some background on what has happened here, understand the chaos the followers of Jesus found themselves in. They have lived with Jesus for three years. They saw the demons casted out. They saw the lepers healed. They saw the crippled walking. They saw blind eyes opened. They saw deaf ears opened. They marveled at his words of grace. They were astonished by his tolerance towards the sinners and his grace towards the sinners. They found in his, his life words of healing. They expected a earthly kingdom to be established. They were so happy. They were so joyful. They were so expectant. They were so full of life following this Jesus, becoming his disciples. Day by day, they walked with him. And then the unimaginable happened. He was crucified, the ultimate shame and defeat. For three days, they searched the meaning of this catastrophe. They saw their master killed in front of their very eyes. I would ask you to imagine what was happening in their homes. Imagine the talk that was going on. Imagine the regrets, the disappointments, the, even the fighting between people of all the opinions. And no one had an explanation of what was going on. And in the midst of all of this turmoil, Mary arrives at the grave, fully expectant to find a dead body. Now I ask you to read with me out of John 20 from verse 1 to 15 out of the Amplified Version. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, and saw The stone already removed from the groove across the entrance of the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, John, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple left, and they were going to the tomb. And the two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter, and he arrived at the tomb first. Stooping down and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings neatly lying there, and he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came up following him and went into the tomb and saw the linen wrappings neatly lying there. And the burial face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, now lying with the other linen wrappings, But rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had reached the tomb first went into and he saw and believed without any doubt that Jesus had risen from the dead. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back again to their own homes. But Mary Magdalene, who had returned, was standing outside the tomb sobbing. And so, as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said to her, Woman, why are you crying? She told them, because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. After saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? For whom are you looking? Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you are the one who has carried him away from here, Tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Can you imagine what happened here? After these three days, in the midst of all this turmoil, and they didn't know what was going on, Mary was sobbing. She couldn't understand what was going on here. Everybody was talking about what happened. All their hopes were dashed. Everything was gone, and they didn't know what to make of it. And she went to the tomb expecting to find at least a dead, bruised body in the tomb. Just imagine what she must have thought when she got there and the tomb was empty. And she was overwhelmed with emotions. The word says she was sobbing. If you look into the Greek, it actually says she was wailing aloud. But she remained there. She didn't leave. It seems like the disciples, Peter and John, They were more concerned with a mission, with a kingdom that would now not happen as they expected it. And they just turned around and left. Typical men. They just left. But Mary remained there. It it seems like she was more concerned about Jesus as the person Jesus the man himself can you imagine that even after listening to angels she were, she was not convinced to leave she was not happy she was not happy at all she was still pursuing where is my Lord take note that she's the one that said they have taken away my Lord can you see what happened in her life something very special even after witnessing him being crucified even after seeing him being dead she still calls him my lord you are still her lord something happened in her spirit she acknowledging him still as jesus the lord many people may only be concerned about getting the job done having the ministry to run but are they really seeking after Jesus? And then as she turned halfway, it seems, she failed to recognize him. But when he spoke to her, then she realized that this was Jesus. The moment he spoke her name, the moment he said, Mary, she knew this is truly her master affirming his acceptance and validation of who she was. And this is exactly what happens to you and me. Whenever Jesus calls you by your name, knows that he releases words full of promise, words full of life into your life, validating you, putting you on your mission, bringing you into your purposes, which he purposed for you. His voice was enough to convince her. Who was really speaking to her? Just think of this. She was all on her own there with Jesus. Everybody has left. John 4 verse 10, Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman and he told her, Woman, if you only knew who this is speaking to you. And I want to encourage you today that you would again think Who is this speaking to you? It is Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior, the mighty one. This is the one he is. Can you imagine what happened in her life after she spoke to him? He spoke to her. Can you just imagine all all the the reasonings, all the ideas, all the disappointment? and and she couldn't make out what was happening. All of a sudden, here is Jesus alive. I wonder what you and I would have done. Now the Bible said she ran away from there. Can you imagine what was going on in her mind? I'm sure that she was laughing and she was screaming and she was so overfilled with joy. But she was also crying for she couldn't make out what to do with this new thing that happened now. Here is Jesus not lying in the grave but actually speaking to her, calling her on her name. She jumped for joy the pure joy, the bliss, the utter delight that must have been in her heart. And she ran away going to tell the disciples. Now it's interesting when you read all the accounts in the other gospels, what happened there, it basically bears down to that they did not believe her. Can you imagine how frustrated she must have been? But I saw him. He was speaking to me. He even called me on my name. And he told me, go and tell my disciples that I have risen. But they would not believe her. Woman talk. So let me me advise you. Listen when women speak to you. Amen. Now, people of God, what do we celebrate on this Sunday? Resurrection. Our Lord is alive. The grave is empty. He's not there anymore. Jesus is alive. He appeared to His disciples and many others, and to the consternation of the religious crowd. Can you imagine what happened with them? Can you imagine whenever they met in their meetings trying to make out what? to make with this new thing that happened in their midst. They couldn't believe it. At last, they were rid, getting rid of this Jesus who was a menace. He, he upset the whole world. He turned the law around. He actually cared for people. He loved people. He had a heart for people. And he they didn't like him at all. Can you imagine they were having a celebration over this weekend for at last we are rid of him and now the news hit them, he is not dead, he is still alive. Can you imagine that, people of God? He is alive. He is alive. Visiting Israel some time ago at the garden tomb, we were queuing up to have our turn. And one guy in front of us, he sort of walked into the grave and he reversed out of the out of the, the grave, standing in the opening, shouted out, He's not here, it is empty. He has risen. I want to encourage you today, even though we live In challenging times, your king is risen. Your king is alive, and he's still the king of kings, and he's still the Lord of lords. Nothing caught him by surprise. He's not worried. They're not having a a special emergency meeting in heaven trying to sort out what is happening on earth. No, no, no. They know exactly what's happening, and his word remains true. He is faithful and true, and he is still the Lord of lords, and he is living, and you You can put your hope on Him. Amen. What does this mean to you and me for today? Let me put it to you this way. The resurrection is the greatest event in human history. Sin and guilt were dealt with at the crucifixion. The the, the resurrection established and proved the victory being accomplished at the cross. Jesus emerged as the ultimate victor over sin and death. Listen to Revelation 1 verse 17 to 18 in the Amplified This is John speaking, this very same John that was there at the grave. He said, when I saw him. Referring to Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the absolute deity, the son of God, and the ever living one, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of of death and hades the realm of the dead after he ascended to heaven he was seated on the throne at the right hand of god listen to romans 8 verse 34 it says who is the one who condemns us christ jesus is the one who died to pay our penalty and more than that who was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God interceding for me. So this is where our Jesus is. After he ascended to heaven, he was seated at the right hand of God interceding for you and me. He's alive. He's there. This is where he is. And when you read the book of Revelations, you would find that the throne is the center of heaven. The throne is the center of all. Life in heaven. And this is where the Father and Jesus are. Ephesians 2, verse 6, brings an invitation to you and I, which is way too far to understand with mere understanding. Listen what it says. Paul writing, and he says, And he, Jesus, the Father, raised us together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. Let me read this to you again. He raised us, you and I, The fellow believers, we who chose Jesus, we who believe in His saving grace, we who accepted the work that He done at the cross of Calvary, He said He raised us together with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places. Can you even imagine that? Can we even try to understand that? Let me assure you, don't try to work it out with your brain. And if your brain gives you trouble, remind him of his end. He's going to rot in a grave, but you will live forevermore. These things you need to understand by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit is living in you when he filled you with his Spirit. So by the Spirit, you will be able to understand and discern this invitation that God gives to you and I. We can live in heavenly places. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 2 in the Passion Translation says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that—that that is where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Wow, just think of that. This is where he is. This is where Christ is, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Didn't Jesus say, whatever I do, you will do also? Didn't Jesus say, I will send you my Holy Spirit? Didn't Jesus say, when you receive Him, you will receive power? Didn't He say, I go away, but when I'm with the Father, I'll prepare a place for you so that you may be where I am? So while we still live on this earth, you and I can live in heavenly places. We can live with Jesus in a place of authority. Can we even try to understand that? Raised with him into heavenly places. Let me tell you today, the Father is looking for people, believers who would be true representatives of Jesus on earth. Not merely stumbling from one challenge to another challenge and barely surviving, only, only making it. No, no, no. He is looking for people who would live a victorious life, who would sit with Jesus in heavenly places and actually take up your authority and actually rule in this world to bring about his will to draw kingdom of heaven onto this earth and rule over sin and sickness and death. This is what God is inviting you and I. Now we have the right partaking in his nature, living in godly authority, furthering his kingdom on earth, not settling for the brokenness of sin and death. Now we have a right to pray and declare his victory with authority. Now we have the right of fellowship with the Father. we should not run to the empty grave looking for help but we should run to the throne to Jesus. He is enthroned and he says you and I can live with him. He promoted those who would believe into new realm of reality. Now we can become really heavenly minded. Colossians 3 verse 2. For now if we live there your mind would be set on heavenly things and not earthly things and you would have a new throne mindset, walking into authority, doing what God has called you to do, do you know that you can starve to death even though you've got a fortune in a bank account? If you don't know about it and if you don't know how to draw the money out of the account. Isn't this the case with so many believers today? We don't know who we truly are. We don't know what we truly have. We don't know how to draw these realities out of the kingdom realm, out of the heavenly realm onto earth. This is what Our Bible teaches us. This is what the Holy Spirit teaches us and empowers us to do. This is when we grow into mature Christians, mature people of God. People of God, I call on you today, don't settle for a mediocre life in Him, but be prepared to live in a complete new realm of reality. Start putting your mind onto a throne life Reality, The truth of this, this is where the redeemed should live. This is where we can start doing the work of God. Every enemy has been defeated. You have authority over everything that can ever come against you. Do you truly believe it? Are you fearful? Are you anxious? Doesn't the word say, don't be anxious over anything? Don't be anxious over anything. The moment you start getting, uh, finding the truth in your spirit, and you start meditating upon it, and you start praying about it, and you start declaring it, and you start living it, the reality of the truth of the indwelling Christ will truly take hold of your life, and you will truly be promoted to a throne, life, and you will look down onto the earthly challenges, and instead of stumbling over each one of them, barely making it, you will start picking up your authority, and speaking the truth of God over them, and get them in line with the will of God, furthering His kingdom. Didn't Jesus pray, as it is in heaven, let it be so on earth. Luke 10 verse 19 says, Listen carefully, Jesus speaking. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. Do you truly believe this? Child of God, do you truly believe this? I encourage you today, when you're there at home where you sit, wouldn't you, when this message is over, ask each other, do you truly believe the truth of the Word of God? Do you truly believe God? Because these are the promises of God. These are the promises of the living God. These are the promises of the Jesus that sits next to the Father on the throne, and He invites you to join Him to rule and reign from out His throne. This is the promises of God, shouldn't we start living a new life? He wants you and I to live on this earth, in this world, as true representatives of Him, so that He can show His love, His kindness, His mercy to the world, so that people will run to Him. This is what you and I need to do. May you allow the Spirit to enlarge and redeem your thoughts, your perspective in order to promote you into a resurrected life. This is what we celebrate today. And where you're sitting in your home today, wherever you are, I want to encourage you, don't allow, don't allow the challenges, the problems, the difficulties of this world to entangle you. Hebrews, the Hebrew writer says, run your race with persistence. Run your race with persistence. Not allowing your feet to become entangled with the sorrows and whatever is going on on earth. But keeping your mind and your eyes fixed firmly on Jesus. That is what you and I need to do today. So wherever you live today, you speak his truth. You speak his word. You speak his life. Your words become the words of life. You bring hope wherever you go. You proclaim the resurrection of a living God. People, our God is not in the grave. Our God is not a tree, a tree trunk. Our God is not a bell that needs to be rang. No, our God is the living God, and nothing is ever impossible for Him. Would you enlarge your spirit and just say today, Lord, would you fill me with more of your spirit? Would you fill me and enlarge my innermost being so that there would be room for you, Lord, that I will truly enjoy and celebrate a resurrected life in your name? This is what I call over you today. Lastly, what will happen to those when your journey on this world ends isn't this wonderful 1 corinthians 15 verse 19 to 20 it says if we who are abiding in christ have hope only in this life and this is all there is then we are of all people the most miserable and to be pitied no 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 but now we who are in Christ has in fact been raised from the dead and the first and become the first fruits, and He is the first to be resurrected of those who have fallen asleep. Imagine this: whether we live, whether we die, we can never lose again, for our Lord is alive. Our Lord is in heaven. Our Lord is ruling and he invites you to be there. So whether you live on this earth, whether you finish your journey on this earth, you can never lose. the, The enemy has been defeated. You can have peace. You can live in constant and absolute peace day by day, declaring the truths of God into your life. I want to close off with Romans 8, verse 31. It says, what shall we say then about all of this? So people of God, I want to challenge you today. What shall we then say about all of this? Let me give you the answer. If God is for us, who can be against us? And you know what? God is for you. God is for you there in your house, in your home, wherever you are. And whether you're facing financial trouble or whatever it is, let me encourage you today with a word of hope. My God is alive. He's alive and well. And He invites you out of this earthly realm to join Him on his throne, and with authority, you can start declaring the truths of God over your life, over your business, over your health, over your body, over your mind, over your soul, over your spirit, and you can live a life of victory in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, we thank you for the truth of your word, Lord, and we pray that this word will go out and hearts would be willing to receive, that hearts would be ready to receive. Lord, we pray that the ground would be fertile, that the ground will be well prepared. Lord, we pray that you send all these words wherever they go, that they will find a resting place so that there would be a change in people's hearts. Lord, we stand against anxiousness. We stand against hopelessness. We stand against all of these negatives and we talk, we say, we speak, we proclaim, we call the truth and the life of God into people's lives. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Would you enjoy the rest of your Sunday? Would you use this time to truly, truly spend your time wisely? Make the most of it. Dig deep into the Word of God. Pray more. Meditate more on the Word of God. Make time with your family. Make time for God, first of all, and enjoy a wonderful day. So, Lord, we pray and we say that you just bless your people. Lord, thank you that we are your blessed Lord, we pray that you'll just smile upon your people, that your favor will go before them, that your favor will surround them, that your favor will follow them. Lord, that your people will live as the blessed people of God in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen.